0: from America's finest digital studios, this is the 5.5 Podcast. Today, the guys will give their thoughts on the start of the season, they'll have a Twitter segment, and they will talk to Kevin Charity from Mad Friars. Here are your hosts, Danny Ortiz and Eric LeBouw. And welcome, everybody,
1: to the 5.5 Podcast. I am your host, Danny Ortiz, alongside Eric Labou. Not calling my
2: best friend today because Leisure Fryer was making fun of me, but welcome back, Eric. Yeah, I got a, I got a few words for Leisure Fryer before we get started. So Make sure to say him loud. He is old. <laughs> yeah, one, tur- go ahead and turn up that hearing aid, Leisure Fryer. All I got, the way up. I got a few words for you, pal. <laughs> But we'll get to that in a second. So it was really nice meeting everyone at the uh, kept faith. Live Do you remember hang. anything that happened? Did you Dude. say it was nice
1: meeting everybody. I think you were toasted by the time like uh, you got there.
2: Honestly, man, like there was <laughs> there was a point in time where you're drinking and you get to the point where you're like, hey, I should probably stop now. I got there and I ran past that line.
1: Yeah, and you know you're you have a pretty high. Alcohol tolerance.
2: I do, but on this keto diet, man, it's it's that tolerance is down the toilet. It's completely gone. But well, we started drinking, so I I met up over at uh, Drunk Flannery's place over at Rich's place, and we started drinking at like your poor ten thirty in the morning. So oh my god, <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty bad. So anyways, yeah, big shit show, dude. I was I was completely hammered. Don't they call you the big shit show? We we recorded that that podcast with uh, the kept faith, and honestly, dude, I swear to God. I do not remember recording. That. <laughs> I, don't re- I don't I don't remember by that recording point. it. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember recording it at all. I was I was that gone and and so we we're sitting there and they posted it. Part of me was thinking I was like, dude, honestly, I hope it turned out so bad that they just don't post it <laughs> at all. But so they ended up posting it. And when I was listening to it, it was the weirdest thing because I was I was on this podcast and I don't remember listening to it. So it was honestly like I listened to it for the first time. And I <laughs> And it was a trip. Luckily, I didn't say much. I was sitting there. I was laughing a lot because I'm a miserable pottery fan, and I'm drunk. Yeah, dude. When- <laughs> so when I drink, when I get super hammered, like I'm, I'm like the the uh, loving guy. Like hey, like I love to laugh. Like a big teddy bear. Yeah, I, I'm. I get along with everyone when I drink. But that's that's how it was. Um, it was a lot of laughing. A lot of every time someone would introduce themselves, I'd start the hey, yeah, hey. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. was it. That was a. Trip. Trip,
1: but You're almost too lovable, like I, to the point where I kind of <laughs> avoid you because all you do is laugh at me and then give me big hugs. <laughs> yeah, that makes a
2: lot of sense. And
1: it's cool when I'm drunk, but when I'm sober
2: and I have to sit there and endure it, not not as much fun. Yeah, yeah, not so much. I don't blame you there, pal. But yeah, yeah it was cool. From what I remember, um, I got to meet Luke um, from the yeah. 805 West. Very nice guy. Yeah, cool dude. Uh, from what I remember, um, one <laughs> of his buddies uh, was his name Tyler. I, I think? don't remember. Was there? Yeah, I got to meet Tyler. So Honestly, I. I vaguely remember shaking his hand, and then it just all went yeah. into a blur. But got to meet uh, Craig Meddy. Well, I got to meet Craig Meddy. I'd never met him before. Yeah, I saw Craig Meddy. Saw Andy Leisure Keats Fryer is it. indeed real. Yeah, Leisure Fryer is is real. Okay, let's get into Leisure. He is Fryer.
1: catfishing us on that uh, that
2: Twitter photo, though. What do you mean?
1: That Twitter photo on his bio—that's certainly not him. He's much
2: older than that guy in that picture. No, he's not. <laughs> yeah, dude. he is. That's the, okay. So here's here's the thing. Before I get to Leisure Fryer, Leisure Fryer is my guy, dude. He is my guy. So we're guy. He's just a guy. We're we're sitting <laughs> we're sitting there, and I'm joking when, when I'm talking this shit to Leisure Fryer. So, anyways, we get there opening day, right? We're in the we're in the ballpark walking around, and uh, next thing we know, we get a. Um, get I get a text from Rich. He's like, hey, let's go say hi to Bobby. So we say hi to Bobby Cress. We're hanging out with him for a little bit. And Leisure Fryer, earlier in the day, had tweeted out his exact seats. So I told Rich, I said, hey, let's go find Leisure Fryer. Once (laughs) and for all, let's make sure that he is real. Yes. And so we walk over to his seats, and I'm trying to find his section. And I'm not... (laughs) I'm not used to being that high up, but um, I'm I'm just kidding. I was sitting there, and I'm like, okay, he's in like 322 or something. So we walk in a line, and we're trying to find the seats. So it's in this order. It's me walking, and then it's Rich, and then it is Kelsey, studio announcer Kelsey, and then Rich's wife, uh, Jerry. So it's in that order, and we're walking around, and we walk through the stands to try to find him. And we're like, okay, is that Leisure Fryer there? And we're like, no. And then we're Too like, young. Oh. Yeah, we're like, oh, shit, we passed it, or we passed him. And Rich is like, he's over there. So we go past him. I'm like, hey, are you Leisure Fryer?" And he's like, yeah. He's like, who the hell are you? I was <laughs> like, I'm like, a miserable Padre fan. And he goes, oh, oh, hey, hey. And then he goes, oh, is that, uh, and he points at Kelsey. He's like, is, it, is that your wife? And I was like, yeah. And so he's like. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, dude. I was checking her out before. I knew that was <laughs> you. <laughs> Not a rare occurrence. Not a rare oh, occurrence. But that, God, that's happened dude.
1: multiple times.
2: It was so funny, right? I was like, "You son of a bitch, Leisure Fire!" But you should
1: feel honored.
2: Yeah, I'm super, super honored. It was, it was fucking hilarious, dude. But um, yeah, we we had a great time meeting everyone. Um, Leisure Fire, that's my guy, dude. I'll, I'll go to bat for Leisure fryer any any day of the week. Wow. Um, but anyways, let's. He only has days left, is not he? That is true. Yeah, that's very true. So let's let's get into the season, man. So the last Ugh. time last time we recorded was before opening day. Um, the excitement was high, and we were so ready for them to go out and padre baseball back on the field and speak for yourself. And here we are staring zero and five in the face. Yeah, so,
1: staring zero and five as they take on the Rockies uh, tonight. But um, boy, what a shit show it has been. Uh,
2: absolute shit show we're we're gonna touch on this
1: later when we get into our twitter segment but god almighty the starting rotation i think that's where we should start because it has been awful
2: really really bad real bad
1: um i looked up the numbers here prior to coming on there just because you know we try to prep here the uh starting rotation has a 6.10 era they've thrown 20 and two-thirds innings going into tonight's game the bullpen's thrown eighteen and a third.
2: <laughs> Wait, that's not good. No, right? that's
1: not good at all. <laughs> the bullpen's almost taking up almost half the uh, innings eaten. No, they've they've been absolutely terrible. Um, there's and there's nothing to look forward to with Lament out. It's you know, yeah, it was it was cool to see Joey Fuego get his first start, but he was not sharp at all. I actually think he pitched better than he had any right to be, considering he was really up in the strike zone all night. It, it really did seem like he was zone. getting
2: hit pretty hard.
1: Yeah, it was. He's leaving a lot of balls up in the zone. Um, we all know, you know. Who knows where we're getting out of Tyson Ross tonight? Who knows, right? But he's not going to be what he was. You right. can hope maybe he's a shell of himself, or you know, serviceable or crafty enough to get by. But we know we're going to get out of Clayton Richard. Excellent opening day start. Absolutely stellar performance. It's not going to hold. No. Um, Brian Mitchell, which we'll touch on later, couldn't throw a fucking strike to save his life.
2: Yeah. He looked awful. I was kind of surprised, though. Like, when I saw him throw in mid-90s.
1: Yeah, he throws hard. I
2: was like, oh, okay.
1: He throws hard. I mentioned when they got in that Fangraphs article, was like, yeah, he's got good spin rate, and he's got good velocities, so it's a nice combination, but, God, he could not find the freaking strike zone. Um, I think, I want to say it was uh, AJ, uh, H, H.J. Preller um, posted something about his uh, his pitch effects, and it's like... He only generated, I think, four swing and misses. If that, he didn't throw any curveballs for a strike. He threw like 20 of them. Um, you know, Nobody was chasing pitches. I don't know if he struck anybody out. I doubt it with only four swings and misses.
2: So no, just, he didn't.
1: Just completely underwhelming. Like, it wasn't even a mediocre start. Just completely underwhelming and all over the place. So are
2: you saying it's bad that we spent $13 million to get him? I don't know because I don't think he's... I think it's one start. Who knows? Would anyone give $13 million for Brian Mitchell? Probably not. No. Probably You get not. him for, what, four years? Yeah. But still, $13 million and we have to take back Chase Headley. Well, we all have to take Headley back for a year. So I'm, I'm not ready to close the door on Mitchell just yet. I'm already tired of Headley's
1: fucking tired ass. Yeah, well, we'll touch on that later when we go to our Twitter segment. but Yeah, plenty to go off of there. Plenty. But um, I'm not ready to close the door on Mitchell yet. Uh, I just it was a really underwhelming start. Really underwhelming. Um, Perdomo doesn't Perdomo just doesn't progress. Like he, when we first got him and he first made that start, we we're like, okay, you know, you can see why they like him. You know, he's got good movement. He seems to have decent secondary stuff. You know, there's maybe some number four, number five upside, but he hasn't progressed at all. Super inconsistent. Very, he's all over the strike zone and everything is up. And that's the biggest thing, is that as I want the Padres to hit the ball in the air, but I want their pitchers to induce ground balls. Because that was a big thing, right? We're gonna shore up the left side of the defense. We got Headley, we got Galvis, we're showing up the left side of the defense for all these ground ball guys. There's no damn ground balls. Everything's <laughs> up in the damn strike zone getting lined all over the place. Port Myers threw his back out, falling over himself, feeling a line drive ground or a, a ground ball lined into the outfield. Now he's hurt.
2: Oh, that was embarrassing. That's sad.
1: Never, he can't be that bad in the outfield, Eric. How bad could he be?
2: That was so embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, but, dude, this it's shaping up. I mean, we don't want to make generalizations with four or five games into the season. I mean, I always make generalizations. <laughs> but, but it's looking like, man, this is going to be an awful season, dude. And oh, it's, it is. Like, the best part about this season is going to be watching the meltdowns on Twitter it's going to be listening to, I mean, the lo- the crap going on in local radio right now between the Padres' rights. Like, the most exciting part, the most interesting part about this team is off the field at this point, honestly, and in the in the minors. Uh, we'll bring in our pal Kevin Charity, uh, madfires.com, a uh, little plug for them. But there is nothing exciting to me on this field. Like, you see Hosmer out there, and, you know, Hosmer's actually off to a good start.
1: He is, but he's hitting too many damn balls on the ground. He is. He's, every time I turn around, I feel like he hits a ground ball or a double play. Yeah,
2: I oh, think it was.
1: Think, 66% ground ball rate, I think, going into yesterday
2: or today. I think it was our pal uh, Patrick Brewer who uh, pr- who pointed out, and if it wasn't Patrick, then it was someone who said something about launch angle. Or it was very a very uh, statsy kind of post, so yeah. any time I see that, I think. Hey, that's Patrick Brewer. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, it was on launch angle, and, and I'm pretty sure that Hosmer and Osweh have the lowest launch angle of the team at like twenty percent.
1: Yeah, Hosmer had a similar launch angle to D fucking Gordon.
2: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's, last
1: I checked, Hosmer he's athletic, but last I checked, he's not fast.
2: Well, last night, I mean, I was at the game last night, dude. He hit he hit two doubles. He was hitting the ball well. So, I mean, but everything's a low liner. Yeah. That's the thing. Like he's hitting well right now, but it's four games in. It's a very small sample size.
1: But this is what I was talking about when they were looking into Hosmer and they got Hosmer. He's gonna be very dependent on basically luck variance because you can put the ball in play all you want. Hosmer has shown he's a very batting average on balls and play dependent player. The good years he has, that number's all through the roof. The bad years he's had, it's in the, you know, it's in the ground, it's in the gutter. So to me, you know, he, he's not going to be able to keep this up. I mean, he's, he's hitting at a, a pace well above anything he's ever finished at. But I don't like the 66% ground ball rating, and I don't like a Carlos Oswani launch angle either.
2: <laughs> Dude, I was sitting there last night. I was sitting there watching the game, and, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, Hosmer's finally going to go yard. Like, he's finally going to go yeah, yard. Yeah, we've been waiting. Yeah, we have been waiting. And I'm, and I'm sitting there, and then the thought crosses my mind. And I was like, damn. I was like, what if... This is one of the years where Hosmer puts up 9 to 12 homers. Oh, man. I would laugh my ass off because I kept trying to tell people, look, he's a good player,
1: but not, for me, good enough to move a very bad outfielder off of first base. Yeah,
2: so... Or I... to
1: sink $110 million into him and hope that he puts up what he did last year. Because I don't think he's going to. I think his career line is what he is. Yeah. Solid, solid everyday player. Probably not the third best first baseman in his own division.
2: Well, I, I hope that I hope he sticks with that whole uh, keeping an open mind to the fly ball revolution. Like so he said. far, no good. Well, yeah, no good so far. But I mean, nothing's gonna happen just out of the blue like that. He's yeah. he's off to a, he's off to a decent start. He's off to a start, solid man. start. I
1: will say one thing that's refreshing about him is he does grind out at bats. Like he's not a hacker. You know, he doesn't he doesn't swing at everything. Um, and he does work the count. He works deep counts. He works into good hitters counts. So it's just a matter of him taking advantage of that and tapping into what has always been scouted is raw power. Just try to go yard, Hosmer. Just try to go yard. That's why you have that stupid commercial where you know you're holding Mike Moustakis' bat, saying, "I get paid to hit homers." So hit a homer.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I I think if why don't anyone... you hit 31 times? If anyone was expecting him to come in and hit 30 to 35 bombs, I mean you're you're sorely sorely mistaken. I think
1: you're mistaken if you're expecting him to produce at last year's clip, honestly, because well, he's
2: he's done it one time. Yeah, I mean that was his best season, dude. No one's expecting that. No. But uh, I mean we're not we're hoping that he. What's his zips projection? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're asking the wrong guy there, pal. You are asking the wrong guy there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what, what's going to come from Hosmer defensively. Honestly, we were talking beforehand. He dropped the ball. His scoop two so far. Yeah, he's off to kind of a rough start <laughs> he, defensively, he, isn't he? He dropped the ball. It's and and I, I know
1: Spangenberg was close. He you know threw a bullet at him, but he dropped the ball. It was thrown right at his chest, and he dropped it. Yeah, a um, couple of balls in the dirt that he was nowhere near. Couple scoops missed this it. is This is what I was talking about the scoops thing. Like I said, Myers was third on the list in scoops since going to first base full time in 2016. So it's not like Hosmer's like this excellent. He's never been rated as an excellent defensive first baseman. I know the eye test and all that other stuff, but you know he's just he. The metrics say otherwise. I don't think you should ignore the numbers. You may not agree with the numbers, but it is information, right? It's more information to take into account. So they're saying something about him, and so far, mm, meh. So far, he's been meh. He didn't scoop two balls out. of – I mean, it's small sample size. The two Super balls went small. right under his glove. He dropped the ball, thrown right at him. Meh.
2: Yeah, that's true. You know, another thing I was thinking when I saw him out there, do you think Hosmer is sitting there at any point in this first four-game stretch where they <laughs> lost all four games and in pretty sad fashion those They're four They're only losses, in one of them. Yeah, do you, do you think at any point yet he's just sat there and looked in the mirror and been like, what the fuck did I do?
1: <laughs> I think I honestly think he knew that you know when he signed here. I, I know is a hoopla, a hot lava talent and blah blah blah. And that's all great for T-shirts, but the reality is, let's be honest. Boris probably put it in Hosmer's head. He was a two hundred million dollar player And five, probably ten years ago. He probably is a two hundred million dollar player. Some sad sap GM would have given him this awful contract, and you know he would have been the highest paid free agent of that particular offseason. I think he still was but not to the level that he expected. Um, but I think it really just came down to a disappointing offseason for him. He can go to the last place Royals, who are, who are just absolutely terrible um, and are rebuilding and a lot further behind than the Padres, or he can go to the Padres, who by the time they get done rebuilding and are good, he might not be good anymore. He might be an average first baseman at that point. So I I, I put this on. I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but they had the uh, the Padres ask you know, the player Twitter, right. and Hosmer was on there, and my question to him was, after Boris put in your head that you're probably gonna get this big contract, were you more like fuck me or fuck my life when you figured out that you could either go to the Royals or the Padres? <laughs> Those are your two <laughs> options for yeah. the offseason.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I dude, I, I just kinda wondered when I saw him out there if, if he had any regrets yeah. signing. I mean it's super, super early and uh, we've we've said that. He's plenty gotta of times be right. like,
1: Oh, this is not
2: because there was all this
1: talk, right? All this talent and I'm here to lead and blah, blah, blah. They're 0-4. And, and he's done well. I mean, he's done his part to this point. But
2: they're 0-4. They're yeah. not
1: going to be good. They're just
2: not. He's done his job.
1: <laughs> yeah. I did my job. What was that? Oh, Matt Latos. Yeah. <laughs> I did my job. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, you know, one thing, that, one thing I want to say before I forget, and this is completely off topic. So you know what one of my favorite things to do is in this first four or five games? You know what one of my favorite things to do is? What's that? I like to, whenever I get tickets to go to the game... Which like, is like
1: every week, I feel like.
2: I like taking a picture of the field and putting it on Twitter and tweeting at and including at Padres every time I tweet and making it seem like they give me free tickets <laughs> for a couple reasons. Didn't you bait somebody for that last year? Oh, yeah. That's a that's a completely separate thing. So for a couple reasons, that's why I love doing it. One. I love seeing the reaction to where people are like, sell out. <laughs> Corrupted.
1: Sell out as we shit on the team. On
2: Look at the Padres sitting there trying to control the message. <laughs> H.J. Preller. Are you on their payroll now? Are you serious? You really get those messages? Yeah, dude. I've never bothered. That's to why life. I do it. So I do it one for that. And last year, when I posted, that uh, hilarious. Last year, I wa- I walked up past where the the press box is, yeah. and I took a picture. I said, "Wow, hey, thanks, Padres, for letting me in the press box." It pays to podcast, and and people are hopping in the DMs. Hey, bro, how'd you get in the press pass or how'd you get in the press box? It's my favorite. I love fucking with people, so I post that, and there's all these people going off. So I like doing it. One for that reason, mainly for that reason, and two, I want the whoever runs a social media person or for the Padres, I want them to be like, what the hell is this crazy guy? Why does he keep tagging us and shit? We're not giving him anything. And we never will give him anything. So. Yeah, that's just that's, that's that is kind hilarious.
1: Of... You better be careful before uh, Wayne Portella slides into your DMs. Yeah,
2: yeah, seriously, wow. we'll we'll see about that. But so uh,
1: another takeaway so far early in the season, I don't think his hitting's gonna hold, um, and I'll be curious to see what the numbers say about him at the end of the year because they've always been hit or miss. Uh, but it is nice to see a decent shortstop uh, for the Padres. Yeah, I don't think Galvis is gonna hit any better than Ibar or not much better. But Jesus, it's nice to see a shortstop be able to make a routine strong throw to first.
2: It is. I mean, he made he made that uh, sweet play opening day that that double. The like I got caught in between. He just made up for it, but a very nice play. Very yeah. nice play. It is. You know, it, it's it's refreshing to see a guy at short that can actually hold his own.
1: Yeah, they can actually field. Yeah, <laughs> and make a
2: throw. And the that's not eighty years old. He's not eighty years old. Like, are you are you kidding me? Um, you know, it's it's so nice to have to have that and have that guy there. You know, it's. It's really, uh, it's really refreshing. You know what? Fuck, fuck yeah, it. dude! Fuck, fuck yeah, fuck, yeah. fuck yeah. it! Okay, so we're gonna uh, we're some gonna behind the scenes here, guys. <laughs> some behind the scenes. So charity's gonna be on later on. Hang so on, we recorded this in three different parts, okay? And we were we're recording the last part. I can't hold it in anymore. We're recording the last part. Of Viva Larosa at the very end, and goddamn it, Villanueva just hit his third fucking home run, baby. Viva Raza. A otro fundo, no, no, no. But yeah, Bud
1: Black's calling Andy Green right now, telling him he has to sit tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> God almighty, this ball is absolutely hammered. He's hit three home runs. <laughs> oh my God, this is amazing.
2: And you know what he did in his other at-bat after a second home run? They, they, they fucking smoked him. him. <laughs> yeah,
1: they plunked him his third at-bat.
2: Oh, dude. A.J. Preller right now is going into the clubhouse, and he's sitting in Hedley's locker. and he's just out? There. Yeah, he, with his legs he's putting folded. shit out in the box? Yep, he's just sitting there, and he's just tapping his foot, waiting for <laughs>
1: gonna walk in and probably gonna turn around in a chair. Yep. You he's know, it'd be d- funny if he pulled the major league and put the red tag in his locker. Yeah, he <laughs> really should.
2: Chase Headley, he gone. Yeah. Dude, oh, Bill the way, but fuck yeah. All right, so the cat's out of the bag, guys. We record this in two yeah, days. Yeah, this has it's been, been heavily songs. edited.
1: Yeah, heavily edited. Jesus, yeah. and we couldn't hold it in. Renfro drew a walk, he's doubled. It's Dude, Renfro's game. drawn three walks this year. Yeah, man. that's more than he had <laughs> last year in June. Yeah. We actually had a mirror. Just you know, just because it's been such a rough time for. Them. Oh look, he gave him a hat tr- or uh, he gave him a curtain call. There you go. Um, remember last year we had the emergency, uh, the emergency uh, opening. <laughs> Red <Thunder's> first walk. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's drawn three walks, and I pointed out before that oh. yesterday. Yesterday I noticed this. He drew a walk late in the game, and he sat there and like kind of flipped his bat <laughs> after drawing the walk. Like, <laughs> like hey, like you watching that skip? skip. They obviously you know they. Want I know to how to draw this. a walk. Yeah, they want him to work on his plate discipline. Fuck yeah, Villanueva. God, that ball was crushed. You know, uh, they're the fan out there at the Mexico flag. <laughs> that you, ball is crushed. You know, as I'm watching this right now, maybe it's not a good idea for us to record while the game is on, because it's very distracting. It is. It? It's very distracting. But very exciting, dude. Yeah, but at least we got something to talk about. Um, you know, going back to what what we were talking about with uh Green Green playing his uh his best players, so with, with Villanueva going off like this, dude, you have to think. That he's gonna he's gonna get a few starts in a row, right? You've I would to, imagine.
1: I and, and and
2: again, we'll touch on this later. Hey, he might lead the, the major the leagues in home runs right
1: now. He just might. I should he might, yeah. I might. I might have go on graphs and look that up. <laughs> but he might. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think you have to mix him in. It's just one game. I mean, it's just it's one game. But yeah, I'd like to see him get mixed in more. Um, the other kind of, I don't know if you want to call it a blessing in disguise, but Myers being hurt. Um, first, he had the, the tight back, right? And tightness in his back. Right. And he's got a triceps issue. Right. What that does is it opens the door for Renfro. Because I think Renfro should be playing a lot. I don't like the idea of platooning him. Uh, with Vienna Web, it's a little bit different. I don't see any.
2: Well, Myers getting hurt is kind of a shitty way of getting both Renfro and Perella at bats. To me,
1: I wouldn't mind Perella starting in second, but. Um, I wanted Renfro to get as many at bats as you can because there is that upside there. I think you give him to the middle of the year and then you know go from there. But Myers getting hurt does give Renfro the opportunity to play every day, hopefully even against right-handed pitching. So I'm hoping that's what happens. I I, I like what Andrew Green's doing with most of the roster. You know, mixing in that you know Headley not being out there every day. Um, he's very quick to get the hook in the yeah. bullpen. Um, but I would like to see Renfro get an everyday shot. I think you need to give him four four or five plate appearances a night every night. So, oh, another okay. news: Otani went yard.
2: <laughs> yeah, Otani went yard. That's great. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, with Renfro, I, I, the way that you see him playing, dude, it, it seems like he's taking advantage of the opportunity. I mean, he's honestly, does it really matter, like what he does, like average wise or power wise? Really, he needs to show that he's patient. He needs to work the count. He had a he had an at bat earlier in the game today where. Um, he uh, what was it a three one count that he worked and then he I mean he ended up strike or a two one count he ended up striking out. What they want to see from him is him grinding at bats, and it it seems like seems like that's what he's doing. So, uh, good good on you, Hunter Renfro. But, um, you know you talked about Myers and his his triceps issue. You know it kind of makes me think about Dennison Lamette and how they came out and said, hey, we are not Elbow
1: shredded chicken. Let's be honest. They
2: finally gave him an MRI. So thank God for that. But then hey, guess what? We don't want to talk about them, all right? We we would Christ. rather not disclose it. Well, what do you think about that? He dude, he has to be done, right?
1: I don't know. I, I remember That has
2: Tommy John written all over it.
1: Yeah, he's probably
2: he's probably toast. Yeah. And
1: I, mean, I, I think we all knew that. I gave him the benefit of the doubt with Espinosa, so I'm not doing that again.
2: <laughs> yeah, you learned your lesson yeah, there. Yeah,
1: well, it's not only that. I just don't feel like hearing you bag on me because I don't bag on you when I'm right 90% of the
2: time. <laughs> 90%, <laughs> so, huh? Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. You know, um,
1: 75. I'll play conservative.
2: Yeah. Uh, our pal H.J. Preller uh, tweeted out he was listening to Darren Smith. Um, just in case we weren't listening, that's a long hashtag, but, uh, Darren Smith said that when he talks to people off the record, your favorite thing off the record, off the record about the, um, injury to Lamette, they say that the injury makes them sick.
1: That's, that sounds like Tommy John.
2: That sounds like Tommy John. So there you go. Denilson Lamette out for the year. Calling it right now. You heard it first on the 5.5 <laughs> podcast. Denilson Lamette will miss the <laughs> remainder of the season. Um, to which Jesse Fritz, our pal S- at SD Fritz with his uh, locked-ass account on Twitter earlier, was saying um, about, oh, hey, what's the big deal? We're not going to win anyways. Well, that's that's a pretty decent part of your future there that's going to miss a year to a year and a half. I think that's a big deal.
1: I think it's a big deal for his development because the biggest knock on him, and I'll never understand why they told him to throw a curveball instead of a changeup, but the biggest thing with Lamette is, is he going to be able to develop a third pitch to not get smashed by lefties so he can be more than just you know, a high leverage reliever. Because I think that's his floor. I think he's going to be at least a decent high leverage reliever. But ideally, you want him to start. You know, I'll take 180 innings over 50 any day. I'll take a league average starter over a a high leverage reliever in most cases. So um, for him to lose a year of development in a year where you knew, and it's been highly publicized by the team, he's been working on a third pitch, you know, we're, we're trying to stretch him out, we have big hopes for this guy. Um, he's also really, when you think about it, you know, when we talked about him last year, kind of the first wave of this, you know, these prospect coming up to start contributing. He's really the only guy in the rotation right now that you could say is probably going to be here when they turn around in a couple of years. So for him to miss a year, a year and a half, that is a huge deal.
2: Yeah, especially in, in the spring when they're like, oh, hey, man, this guy's hitting one one. This guy has sick stuff. Yeah, he's you know? got two
1: good pitches. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have any. <laughs> also, that's
2: that's one thing. Um, you know, we're all sitting here and we are pissed and we're bummed that we're gonna lose LeMet for the season. Which, I mean, let's face it, dude, he's out for the year. Let's like let's Yeah, let's call more it than likely. He's out for the year, right? And remember last year, some people were like, oh, he's not ready. Like when he made his, his debut in uh, New York against the Mets. This is
1: after he's mowing motherfuckers down.
2: Yeah, he had nothing else to prove in AAA. Yeah, in El Paso, of all places, he's mowing people down. Yeah, and I mean, everyone's he's like, striking
1: out like 10, 10 per 9 yeah. or some ridiculous Yeah, everyone's number. like, oh,
2: I'm not sure if he's ready. You know, he has other things he needs to work on. You know, he's not going to be that great anyways. He might... <laughs> And this is exactly what I said. He's probably gonna end up in the bullpen as an eighth inning guy. And now here we are, mad as hell and losing our shit because he's gonna be out for the year. So it's just kind of funny how how things work. Even if he ends
1: up as an eighth inning guy, that's a high leverage reliever. Those are valuable. Yeah. Like like how valuable was Brad Hamm when he was our, you know, eighth inning guy?
2: Yeah, that's yeah. true. He wasn't valu- he wasn't valuable the other night when he uh, gave up. That. Oh
1: God, I felt so bad for him. Brad Hand seems like such a—he doesn't seem like a competitive guy. Yeah, he seems very ho hum. He looked very bummed when he gave up that fucking bomb.
2: Do you th- do you think uh, our our pals uh, bluntly Padres? I'll I'll give them a little hat tip there. Do you think Brad Hand is a chiefer? He has to smoke, right? You know he's a smoker. He looks like a stoner.
1: You know what? I don't think they drug test in the major leagues for that, so I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, it's legal here now. You can just go
2: to—they don't test for weed. I don't think so really
1: i dig in the minor leagues they do because jeremy jeffries got dinged for it a couple times i believe i don't mean i i think it was jeremy jeffries it was some minor league pitcher that got dinged multiple times um for weed in the minors but i don't think they test for it in the majors
2: yeah well it's we, not a performance
1: enhance what the hell they're gonna test for it for
2: yeah that's true we will defer to our pals at uh bluntly, bluntly Poders. Poders. Yeah, give them a listen they're
1: very enjoyable particularly as the show progresses
2: <laughs> yeah exactly those guys are funny as <laughs> shit dude. yeah um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're pretty excited to get the uh, Kevin Charity, the Mad Friars uh, segment of the week. The Mad Friar, actually. Yeah, the Mad Friar. Yeah. So we're, we're pretty, pretty excited for that. Um, so we're going to we're going to bring Kevin in in just a few moments. But um, is there anything else before we get into the prospect and the Twitter talk that you want to talk about as far as the opening of this season? What a shit show what a shit show let's yeah just bring Kevin on yeah let's go ahead and bring kevin on uh let's let's get a little let's get a little country music to to set oh, this I warm missed this top. song yeah I don't know if I'm gonna do a banjo I don't know what I'm gonna put in here but let's let's see
0: was I, I that last song she said goodbye
2: All right, and we have
1: Kevin Charity of Mad Friars in our uh, debut segment. We still haven't gotten a name uh, for this segment, so keep tweeting it out. But welcome, Kevin. How's
0: it going? Good. How are you guys doing?
2: Good, man. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on here and uh, agreeing. Well, actually, I don't even think we ever got a, an actual firm agreement from Kevin to come on weekly, but, but we appreciate you uh, being here with us.
1: We just got the overlord to approve it, I think, is, is what it was.
2: Yeah, he 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 commands, and I do
0: because that's just how the that's how it works.
2: Yeah, you know, I always I've said forever, ever since I subscribed to Mad Friars, which you guys should too, madfriars.com, Hey, you know, if if you can't talk with John Conniff, David J, Marcus Pond, Travis Barnett, or Ben Davy, Kevin Charity's your guy when it comes to <laughs> the minor leagues. Yeah, I mean, that's basically how it works. I mean, you're, going, you're going to go to the
0: well, being the bottom yeah, of the barrel of on the on thing uh, with. With the way Twitter shakes out, you know, I'm I'm down there on the totem pole, I would imagine. uh whatever. At
1: the end of the uh, depth chart.
0: But we should give you
2: some credit because when I was sitting in the stands for Joey Lucchese's start, you were up there in the press box, uh, Big Shot. You want to talk a little bit about your experience up there in the uh, Lucchese start? What was it like? Um, kind of walk us through that a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, well first, I want to thank you, young men, and uh, for having me on the five point five podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then, no, but, uh, no, it was. Uh, it, it's one of those things where, like, that was the first time I've actually stayed for a game. I've done interviews um, with a few guys back in 2016. I didn't really get a chance to go out there last year, so it was the first time I actually went and, like, stayed for the game and did all that stuff, and it was, it was it's one of those things where um, I have, like, a very good, you know, ability to do something inadvertently to embarrass myself or others, so... Um, I'm always kind of on, you know, heightened awareness for that, but like, you know, it's, it's fun just to kind of see the different writers and people working and stuff. And, you know, I'm there taking notes on the case. I'm not necessarily on deadline or anything, but, you know, it's one of those things where I, I just kind of say hi to people if I see them, but I mainly just kind of keep my mouth shut and try not to do anything stupid.
2: Yeah, so, like, during during the game then, so you just said that you stayed for the whole game. What Like, what, do you pick someone and, like, you're like, hey, who's my sucker, and then, like, sit next to that guy and try to make small talk? <laughs> or do you just kind of keep to yourself, um, or or what?
0: They, um, they don't, they, I, I went up to one of the guys that was there, like, uh one of the, I don't know, the attendants, I guess, Um, and just was like, hey, like, where do I sit? Like, is there a list? Because they have, like, numbered seats and everything, and so the guy just said, it wherever you want, but I'd recommend sitting in the because, you know, I'm not, you know, Kevin Acey writing about things and you know, I'm not, you know, Bernie Wilson or any of the other guys. So I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna kinda of sit back and not try to, you know, do too much and just kind of take it in and, you know, kind of rather be, you know, just kind of anonymous up there to be honest. Right.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Was uh, was Hacksaw there?
0: Oh God. <laughs> Hacksaw actually was there and I was I was extremely tempted to kind of like take a picture of him with my phone but I decided <laughs> it would probably not be a bad idea but you know that be I think it's funny all. but it's like well no it's just it's just funny because like I don't even I mean he's I, I, my favorite thing is you know our, our boy H.J. Preller uh, is always like you know local blogger <laughs> uh, you know half like that's basically what he is because he's not really affiliated with an organization but you know like Bernie Wilson was there you know said hi to him He's you know Bernie's a Bernie's man so yeah, Bernie's um, cool. a couple other people so, so, um, yeah, I mean, I sat behind uh, Marty from 1090. I didn't get a chance to, like, say, there, say hi to her or anything. I didn't, like, want to bug her. But, yeah, it's kind of cool to see, like, people. Um, I actually sat next to, to Jay Posner. I didn't even know it was him until, like, halfway through the game because I had, I had no idea what he looked like. But um, <laughs> it was kind of funny because he apparently is a is an L.A. Kings fan. Oh. And, you know, this year I've kind of started rooting for the Anaheim Ducks. And so I was just kind of messing with him a little bit. I was like, hey, you watching the Ducks game? Like, no, it's the Kings game. They <laughs> played you know, that night in a Did big game, and then uh the the Ducks scored a goal in overtime, like the last five seconds of overtime. It was kind of funny to watch him slam his computer down and like kind of walk out. So <laughs> that was cool. Oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> so that was like my. That was like the best. You know, because it was funny. Like he was cool. Like I didn't really talk to him too much. You know. Yeah, that makes um, sense. You know, yeah. one one more uh, one more
2: question in regards to the the whole um, experience because I think Danny and I, Danny I've always kind of wondered what it's like there, and not that we would ever be up there with you, but um, in the, over under one hot dog, how many did you crush? You went you went <laughs> for two, maybe third, right?
0: So the the funny thing is, if you go there, they have like a meal that if you're not a team employee, you, you pay like ten bucks for, and it's like. Um, they had like this like chicken stuff like like basically like a like a you know kind of a grilled chicken breast with bone in, but had some type of weird sauce on it. They had fish because it was it was actually Good Friday, uh-huh. they didn't have any red meat. Um, and then they have like salads and different sides and stuff. So um, they didn't actually have hot dogs, although around you know and I thought I'm like I'll I'll just get this because like I don't want to you know go down and pay for food there necessarily. So. Then I looked up and went to get a refill of a a Coke Zero, like the six thing, until they had hot dogs out there, so I did crush one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, hey, I'm not going to say no. I'm like, they're here. I'm going to take one.
2: Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. I would too. But not as
0: many as you'd think.
2: Okay. Well, I I thought for sure, because I was sitting there with the peasants down in the stands, and I was sitting there, and I was like, hey, I was, like, every once in a while, i look up in the press box, and I was like, I bet that son of a bitch is eating a free hot dog right <laughs> I now.
1: I think you texted him in our group thread to throw one down to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, I did. I was, I was hoping that you'd toss me one There's a little no bit of such mustard. thing
0: as a free hot dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, for sure. So, let, let's talk a little bit about on the field. So, obviously, Joey Lucchese made his Major League debut, uh, you know, kind of kind of shaky, I think. But, I mean, you can attribute that to nerves, uh, first time, obviously, the debut. Uh, what did you see kind of from a stuff standpoint uh, up there?
0: Um, He definitely um, was pressing for sure. He even said that after the game. Um, the thing that was kind of – different because I, usually when you when you think of a guy is nervous you think he's going to be more amped up and is going to be kind of overthrowing the ball and his velocity is going to kind of be um up you know like you know where if you're normally sitting at 92 you're hitting 94 because you got that extra adrenaline he was actually excuse me he was actually slower than normal he was um the first inning I had him at like 92 and he kind of progressively even got lower into like 89 90 um, and he even said it was just with his nerves, he was trying to kind of slow things down a little bit, and I think that kind of played into kind of his inconsistent velocity. Because in, in Elston last year, he was consistently 91 to 93, even 94 at times. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me, like he just didn't look sharp to me. Um, you know, I, I think the Brewers have a really good lineup, and they have guys like Kene Yelich that don't strike out a ton and make consistent contact. Um, so, I think that definitely played into the part of the reason why you saw him only with one strikeout. But, I mean, his command was, was kind of spotty. He was up in the zone a lot, um, which kind of led to – he got – I mean, there were a couple of things that could have happened where that ball in the in the first inning, I believe, was off the bat of Kane. If that's caught, things are different. Um, but he also had a, some balls that were, his, that were smoked that were out. So, I think all in all, I mean, I think he was okay. I think, you know, what – if Corey Spangenberg makes that play in the fifth inning, he gets out of that five innings, three runs, and is in a position to get a win. So um, I, I think the kind of you know sad part about it is, outside of Clayton Richard, that's been the probably the best performance out of the starting pitching staff, which isn't saying much. But I think he's a guy that I, I would expect to get better next time he comes out. Um, whether that's you know if he gets another, I would imagine he gets another start. So. But, yeah, I think all in all, I mean, if I was grading his it performance, probably, you know, it's going to be a C, C-. Yeah,
1: I can see that. I I think uh, I would agree with you. He looked uh, all over the place command-wise. Now, obviously, coming out of camp, everybody was hyped up, saying Lucchesi should get a spot, they should cut somebody uh, and give him the fifth spot in the rotation. And I know everybody was really hyped up on him. Do you think maybe Padres Twitter or Padres fans in general are kind of overrating or have higher expectations than they should have Lucchese? Because he's still projected to be a four or five, right? I mean, his big value is that he's major league right yeah. now, but not so much that he has a ton of upside. He's just kind of, he is what he is.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's definitely what you, you know, I guess what you call like high, you know, high floor, low ceiling type of guy. I mean, the Padres Twitter also just has different things that I don't understand. You know, the whole why do we have A.J. Ellis You know, when we could have Raffy Lopez debate is probably the most annoying and frustrating. But Well, I can tell I you watching A.J. Ellis
1: him, catch, he sucks. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, but Raffy
0: Lopez was in, the, was in the Atlantic League two years ago, so let's pump the brakes a little bit on that one. <laughs> um, with No, but kind of going back to your question, um, personally, I, I didn't think that there was, even with his performance, I didn't think there was any chance that he was going to make Team out of spring, and it was kind of a shock when he, you know, they made the announcement. Where you know, essentially, he made a team out of spring because, you know, if you do things in order, he's a number two starter right now. So that was certainly a surprise. I think long term, I think when you look at the guys they have that are probably the closest to the big leagues, and I say there's a group of four, which is Quantrill, Nick's, Lauer, and McHade, and you know, obviously Joey. Um, I would say of those four, I'd say if I'm going ceiling, Lucchese is definitely, I think below Quantrill, but probably above, I think he's probably on par or maybe a little bit ahead of Lauer, just because I think he's got a little bit more velo. but um, yeah, I think personally, he's a guy that I thought was going to start in the minor league. You know, was going to be there until, you know, June. And but I think kind of lament injury kind of opened up an opportunity for him. I, I was certain that Chris Young was going to make the team in some capacity. So that was a little bit of a surprise. Um, and then, you know, the way they did Tyson Ross in the rotation, which is weird, not activating him putting him on the roster until today. Um, yeah, I think he'll definitely. I would imagine he'll get one more start, which I would. The unfortunate thing for him is, I think it's going to be against either Colorado or Houston, which I suppose have stacked lineups. But um, yeah, I think he. All in all, I think he's a guy that you might as well give him the opportunity, especially while Lamet is, you know, recovering from Ebola or whatever, and then he ends up having it. <laughs>
1: Is just polio in his elbow lament.
2: yeah, um, yeah exactly. you know we don't want to talk about it you yeah know, we, yeah we don't we, we don't, don't want to discuss any any it right now yeah that's
0: a really strange position that's very like spanos like out of them so i don't i don't know what that's about but you know it, that's kind of an ominous sign to me but you know whatever i would
1: agree Let, let's move on to some some exciting some positives um the padre's uh released I believe all of their affiliates uh rosters anything that stand out to you other than uh Fort Wayne and Elsinore look stacked
0: yeah i mean if you go if you go through it, um fort Wayne um I don't know if it's a surprise or not, but I think um I kind of went through an exercise on Twitter where I kind of thought about handicapping the rosters and you know who's gonna be where and just you know for fun for funsies so <laughs> um. The surprise, I mean, Mackenzie Gore being on the Fort Wayne roster is a little bit of a surprise just because I, I thought maybe they would take it a little bit slow with him. Um, but, you know, he's going to be there. And I, my guess is he's going to – I mean, this is speculation. hasn't been confirmed yet. But my guess is that he can start Saturday because that's going to be a Fort Wayne home opener. They open up a two on the road. And then, you know, I think him pitching in, in Fort Wayne, the thing that's crazy about them is a lot of people understand they can get like so it'll probably be almost ten thousand people at that game. They draw huge crowds. Oh wow! Um, they outdraw a lot of AAA teams. So he'll be pitching to a pretty, you know, pretty cool environment. That's my guess. Um, from there, the rest of the pitching staff. I think Henry Henry's a guy that, obviously, outside of the name, is really interesting. Um, I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation of this because I've only seen his name written, but Nick Mar Mar-Vicious? Mar-Vicious? Oh, Marvicious. he so, wants to correct me on that. Yeah. Um, he's a guy that had some really big strikeout numbers last year. So he's on the staff with um Easton Thompson who um just couldn't stay healthy last year, but he's a guy that everybody in the organization seems to like. Um MLB pipeline's still pretty high on him as well. He fell out of my top thirty, but kinda of looking down the roster for the pin caps you have Luis Compusano, who I thought would stay back. Um and they made a kind of a surprising move. They they have a they're carrying three catchers with Campusano potentially playing some first. Because um, if you look at their roster, they don't have any, like a, like a you know, like a Brad Zunica, I got strictly a first baseman. So they have him, and then they have Juan Fernandez, um, a 19-year-old catcher that hit really well in the A.L. last year. That um, I imagine they'll have some type of situation with him. And then um, uh, a guy named Jalen Washington, who they drafted last year, who actually played shortstop in college and was played catcher and shortstop. So um, And then the outfield, uh, you know, the, the infield is going to be really, that's, I think, position player wise, um, that's going to be the group to watch because you're going to have Justin Lopez, you're going to have Yustory Ruiz, um, you know, one guy who was not on the roster that I thought was a little bit of a surprise was um, uh, Luis Almanzar and, and Jordi Barley. I thought those guys had shots, but I would imagine at some point they are going to be up as well. Um, and then going over China, the Storm roster, um, I think that's the one that, for you know, for for Padres fans, is the most. Fun to watch because you can actually, you know, go to the games um, fairly easily. But like they have um, a pretty good team, you know, at least out of the gate. Like looking at their roster, they have. I think their pitching staff, especially when they have uh, Michelle Baez back, they're going to have Baez, Avila, Paddock potentially, um, Reggie Lawson, and Morahone off the right out of the gate or on the, you know, Morhone and Lawson out of the roster. So um their pitching staff's pretty stacked. Um one guy to watch with Elsinore too that's kind of um it might be his last chance to establish that was Austin Smith made it, that team. So oh, he didn't the bullpen. Wow. wow. No, he's not get released. So, um, you know, and then Luis, Luis Torrens, who's obviously in the big league last year, is gonna be I would imagine that him and Marcus Green Junior are gonna split time at catcher of some kind. Um they'll move guys around and then the Storm also have um Eggie Rosario is on that team with uh, Kelvin Malin who are both very young. I think Rosario is 19 or 18, and then Malin is 19. So, um, very young, young influence with Hudson Potts, who's not even 20 yet. So, I mean, they're going to have potentially, you know, all you know, three teenagers in the infield there, which is crazy.
2: Yeah, yeah, they'll definitely be a lot of fun to watch and uh, hoping hoping to make it up there. Their home opener is on the twelfth, So, I mean, obviously, we, we didn't really get into, I mean, there is nothing to talk about as far as, like, the performance other than Lucchese, so we did want to focus on that. Um, and uh, we do appreciate you going in depth on the rosters there, kind of on the lower things. I really want to focus on Elsinore because those are guys I'm looking forward to, but um, at the risk of, uh, blowing our entire load on episode one. I think, <laughs> I think we'll go ahead and uh, cut it off here, Kevin. But, hey, guys, check out com Again, thanks a lot, Kevin, for uh, joining us. Uh, anything else you want to toss out there before before we're done today?
0: Yeah, um, I think th- it should be a good a good year to watch. I think there's definitely storylines up and down. I think... Even El Paso, um, who I, I typically think is the most uninteresting team in the organization, just because it's basically full of like retreads and you know journeyman type things, they actually have legitimate prospects on that team too, and Lauer and, uh, and Luis Urias, uh, you know, among others. So I think every team, when you look at this, the four full-season teams, like there's at least you know one or two guys up and down to each roster. Because um, El Paso, like last year, really outside of France, he had nothing. So I think see. Um, every team kind of have, you know, I feel like just looking at them, their stacked rosters, I think is really going to be interesting, and to be honest, it seems like it's going to be more compelling than anything you're going to see in the big league this year. I mean, oh, yeah. that's just no, emerging. That yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> hey, one hundred percent. Hey, one last thing uh, b- before we let you go, and guys, follow uh, Kevin on Twitter: Kevin Meathead Charity at uh, CharityK619. <laughs> if you had, if you had to yeah. give your guess, and I don't think they've said it at all. If you had to give your best guess right now, um, with no thought into it at all, just toss out a name: Who's going to be starting the home opener for Lake Elsinore?
0: If I had to guess. Um, so <clears throat> it just depends on how they flip up the rotation, but one guy to watch is Reggie Lawson, and that's just because he's actually from, I believe he's from Adelanto. He's from the high desert. Okay. So he's got a local tie into there. I, I If I was betting money today, that's who I would pick.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: oh, man. I like Reggie Law. I like what we saw out of him in uh, spring training. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that sounds
2: great. Well, we'll uh-huh. look forward to that. And if you're wrong, uh-huh. we're going to have uh, Craig Meddy record it and play it for you later. So, <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> Anyways, hey, 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 Kevin, thanks again for coming in, man. Uh, we'll check in with you next week.
1: All right, later, guys. All right, later. Well, that was really good.
2: Yeah, good stuff out, out good stuff. of uh, Kevin Charity again. We do appreciate him coming on the show there. Uh, having uh, having a good time with some prospect talk. Yeah,
1: so that's really the only thing we have to talk about. Uh, But we're going to get into our... it's back the twitter segment's back
2: the padre twitter segment i think yes. this is the
1: biggest response we've ever gotten
2: well that's because people are excited man they're yeah. excited for us to be
1: back yeah they're excited for us to be back the padres <laughs> are back they're 0-4 off to a hot start they're on their way to being 0-5 after tyson Ross will start tonight <laughs> yeah
2: definitely so yeah let's get right into it man people uh a lot of responses here so i'm sorry if we don't get to all of them let's just kind of scroll scroll down here uh <laughs> I I didn't get to screen these before so I should probably start with that caveat. So when yeah. just at Justin living Life says bring back 13 Mazone to the pod and we say no, we'll just go ahead and move <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, we'll just move on. Let's move right on to the next one there. So
1: I got one to pick out. This is from uh, our good friend Patrick Morgan at Uncle Pimo. Uh Quote, I can deal with shitty, but I can't condone boring, and so far the boys have been both. Boy, have they ever.
2: Yeah, that is very, very true, man. It's It's been extremely boring, and like these games... So yesterday, I'm sitting there, and uh, Kelsey and I are at the game, like we were talking about, and dude... Oh, well, you went to
1: yesterday's game, too?
2: Yeah. Jesus. I'm sitting there... Is this the first
1: game you haven't been to this year?
2: No. I'm, I'm sitting there, and we're just... We're talking about the... Um, I'm, I'm scrolling through Twitter the whole time and she's trying to ask me questions and I'm completely tuning out the game. Like, it's freaking... It's, what, April the 3rd. April, it's April the 3rd today and I'm yeah. already tuning out the games. It's so boring.
1: It is. It, it is
2: so boring. The Dan. offense
1: is so inept. Yes. Like, and, and, and we said, it. you know, when the first three guys come up, which has been Margot, Myers, and Hosmer, it's like, okay, now you're paying attention. Something could happen. After that... I mean, just real, real boring.
2: Um, Super boring.
1: You know, you get moments and look, we know Chase Headley sucks. He is a mediocre player. But the worst part is that he comes up with runners on base. And just because I like to look things up, you look it up, what he does with runners on base, it's the same thing he does all the time. He's just Chase Headley. Doesn't matter what situation it is. And so you're going up there thinking, great, here comes an out. And lo and behold, it is.
2: Yeah. I mean, and that kind of ties into our pal, Craig Medeiros at Craig Medi. Release Headley. Got to play the other guys. So let us let me ask you something, Dan. Sure. I'll give you a few names and you tell me what these people have in common. Craig Medeiros, you, me, Andy Mazzone, Leisure Fryer, Ryan Barkley, and again, Chase Headley. Once what you do-
1: started reading off Leisure Fryer yourself and Barkley, I was thinking maybe it's because we're all Hispanic, but apparently that's not the case.
2: What do all those names have in common? What do all those names have in common? Yep. None of us want Headley to start. None of us have got a hit this season. Oh. <laughs> I Headley, got a hit in the adult league. What are you talking about? Headley has not got a hit this year. He no. is trash. He's a backup. He is trash. Point. And I do that. That's what I will give Andy Green for uh, credit for. Is he's using him very sparingly. Yeah. Surprisingly,
1: after that first game, he's like, "Fuck it." You yeah. know. And and I had said uh, before the season it started. You know, I want to see uh, Spangenberg get some time because I feel like he's. Maybe not as good of a contact hitter as a Suahe, but a little bit more pop. Lo and behold, his first fucking start, he goes yard
0: yeah. the other way. It's
1: a 101 mile an hour bullet in the left field for a homer. Uh, but no, uh, he's been starting. Uh, Suahe's getting a lot of time. Even Nueva's getting some time. I know Marv doesn't like these platooning, but I don't care. Get him at bats. I mean, the thing is, is that you can say, well, you know, we want him to develop. It's, the Padres have an infinite amount of knowledge and numbers and reports on these guys internally that we have zero access to. Perhaps they know that Villanueva is strictly a platoon guy. I don't care. But if they're going to give those guys time, I think Headley really is just there as like insurance in case one of these guys inevitably gets hurt or doesn't pan out. But I like that Green is not pulling the old Bud Black and running him out there for 300 at-bats before he decides to pull the trigger. He's not pulling, you know, he's he's not being a veteran, you know, <laughs> heavy manager. He's he's just saying, hey, you know, I'm going to go with the guys I think is going to give me the best chance to win. That night,
2: I could give two flying fucks how long they've been in the league. It really does seem like he's playing the best, the best player available. Which I mean, yeah, I I got yeah. him credit for that because I thought for sure that Headley was going to be forced into the lineup. Yeah, I thought he'd be because, the everyday guy. Yeah, purely because he's being paid, the and he's he's made he made a real nice play uh, the first, really blah, real, blah blah the blah. first
1: nicest play of the year on a double play defensively. So. That's and then what did, he they do, what did he do when oh, he, he had a chance he, to end the game? Of course, he he pulled a Chase Headley. He's, he's a 260 other with a 340, 350 on base. The only thing he's ever going to be good at, he'll punch a nice, decent double every now and then, but he's going to work the count and draw walks. That is his offensive value. So when you get a guy like that up there in a clutch situation, no thanks. He's, just, he's not going to come through. But I think if they're going to use him for what they're using him now, plug in to start here and there. Uh, Maybe, you know, come in as a defensive replacement. Like, for instance, Webb is starting at third today, right? Yeah. So maybe late in the game the Potters are in it. You know what? Let's go with a, a better glove at third base. Let's go with Headley because it's late in the game. We need a better glove. I'm okay with that. But I, I like the way Green is using him now. Very, very, very
2: sparingly. Yeah, 100%. And I would, I would use him no more than what he's being used now, which is – Sparingly. nothing. Yeah, yeah, nothing. Limited time. Yeah, so, uh, man, a lot of people are hating on Chase Headley today. I won't read Ryan Barkley's because he, <laughs> all those capitals at the end, man, talking about Chase Headley again. I think we've given Chase enough shit. We all know. We all know how much we hate him. But um, let's see what else we have here. I got
1: uh, one from, uh, it's uh, Hunter the Beer Kid. It's at, uh, let me pull up his, at uh, cop pocking underscore bird. I hope I uh, pronounced that correctly. Probably not. Probably um, not. I, I like what he has to say because, remember, I was Team Tank a week ago. Yeah. All those Padre fans, especially the ones on— uh,
2: Dude, no one's going to sit there and no one's gonna sit there and clamor for a tank season. Well, no one's clamoring day. for a
1: tank. It's more of the—not not so much the guys on Twitter. I think we all know they're going to be bad. But more like the casual fan that went to all three opening day games, 40,000 people plus for three days, thinking, we got Hosmer, we got Galvis, we're going to be good. Well, they're 0-4, and they haven't been competitive at all outside of the one game that Braun hit that bomb. Uh, but Hunter the Beer Kid goes, "Give me another top five pick, top five pick to go along with the development of some key prospects." And this is the part I really agree with. The Els are a blessing in disguise. I could not agree more.
2: If you're gonna lose, lose. Yeah, it's like Jeff Warrior said. Yeah,
1: is, there's no point in winning 74 games. You're still sitting on your ass in the during the playoffs. Just lose.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. And really, this losing streak, as much as boring as it is, going to what Patrick said, it is. It's a blessing in disguise because at the end of the year, when they win some bullshit games that they have no business being in, <laughs> like last year when they took was it two out of three from the Cubs, or they yeah, might, they, they swept went over the Cubs in July. Yeah. They swept the Cubs. So when inevitably something like that that shouldn't happen happens again, because baseball, like these losses, these random
1: variance. Of yeah, wins. like yeah. these
2: losses, we're gonna be we're. Gonna be thankful for that so um SD Fritz our pal Jesse Fritz he says given their starting starting rotation uh 0 and four star isn't all that surprising yeah no shit my prediction of 69 wins is looking good right now
1: yeah I think that's nice because I, I that's very nice that's very nice but I don't think it's going to be that nice of a season I really think they're going to win 60 to 65 <laughs> games at the most well that's how
2: it's looking now that's really how it's looking I would love 69 wins but I I don't think that that's that's going to happen uh Liddy says Aswaje for president <laughs> she says uh chedley to the dungeon yeah i love that name chedley yeah chedley <laughs> we so, should go with that yeah he'll be in the dungeon how about uh william at Liebarger brewery he says uh, uh a 1-1 in 19 would be sweet do you think the pitching staff is terrible enough to compete with the marlins yes yes dude i was, danny and i were talking before we started recording today and i was like we all knew that the rotation was going to be bad but holy shit there's no upside there's, absolutely I mean, maybe none. maybe
1: there is maybe there's some upside I don't think Perdomo is going to be that bad all year he'll have some spurts I don't know if Brian Mitchell is going to be that bad all year but yeah there's no like there's no guy even with Lucasian. I know we talked about him and I said this before you know everybody's getting hyped up on him to the point to where you've got guys saying like oh yeah I, w- I would trade Contro of all their prospects you know that's the guy I would look to trade and I'm like this guy's probably going to be better than Lucasian Lauer those guys are just a little closer but when you look at the rotation, there's no guy where you can look at and say he could break out as an ace. Kind of like when t- we got Tyson Ross.
0: That's I yeah. said.
1: Tyson Ross, you know, he strikes out a lot of guys. He throws hard. He's got a knockout pitch. Kind of like what we see in Lament. You know, you can see the upside where if he can figure it out, maybe you have, maybe not like a legit ace, but a top of the rotation, a really good number two or a good number two who will be a number one. Um there's nobody on this roster right now that looks like
2: that. <laughs> we're sitting here. I should probably I should probably yeah, say, We should preface this here. We're sitting here watching the game. The game's on mute and the bases are juiced in uh shout out to bluntly padres Frederick Galvis. <laughs> gets a single there to, to Sir Frederick in, Galvis. To knock in two and as soon as he makes contact Danny is giving his answer what he's just saying. I'm doing the old Bud Black fist pump. And his right fist goes in the air like a fuck yeah.
1: I also did the uh the right fist uh in the air fuck yeah <laughs> when uh Renfro hit <laughs> a
2: screaming double earlier. Oh that's great. And it, the Padres take a four to three lead.
1: Cue <laughs> Mark Sweeney. Really concentrating on the ball, Galvis is, and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah, there's no upside in the rotation. I like Joey Lucese as much as the next guy, but he's a number four or five starter. You know, we, we obviously heard, you know, Kevin say it. it it's a high high ceiling or high floor low ceiling. Brian Mitchell, great. He throws kind of hard. He couldn't find the fucking strike zone.
2: I was kind of surprised because I had I saw absolutely nothing out of him in spring training. I did not watch him at all pitch. I saw I saw the mechanics. I'm like, yeah, he throws hard. I can see the spin rate stuff. I
1: will say. Watching AJ Ellis, I mentioned this with Kevin, but watching AJ Ellis catch and then watching Austin Hedges catch, I, I don't know. I think baseball perspective does the framing rates and framing stats. Ellis sucks. I think Marver <laughs> mentioned it; like he sucks at framing. I can see it when when you're watching him. It's like when you watch Derek Norris and then Hedges came up, and you're like, "Oh, oh, <laughs> soft hands, firm wrist, strikes." There's a couple. I I could name a couple of pitches watching last night that if he had a decent catcher back there a good receiver he probably steals some strikes for Mitchell but uh even then I mean he he could not find the damn strikes and worth the lick he's throwing breaking balls and there were bad pitches but he's not throwing strikes they're just spitting on him yeah and he looked real bad and then you know Tyson Ross I mean you know maybe he's a reclamation project we got the game on now I'm pretty sure he got pinched it for but or he's gonna be but he's probably gonna go six innings giving up three runs that's a quote-unquote quality start um <laughs> Who the hell else do they have in the rotation? Clayton Richard, he threw a fluke first game. He's not going to do that all year. We already know
2: that. Not at all. We,
1: we've seen enough of him to know that he's probably going to come out with three really bad starts to surround that one excellent start. And then who am I missing? Oh, Perdomo. Who knows? I, I want to believe in Perdomo, but Jesus Christ, he got lit up. Everything is up in the zone. I don't care what your two-seamer does. You can't throw up in the zone. They just they, they have nobody in the rotation, now that lamette has gone, that you can look at and think, this guy's going to step up and be the guy. It's going to be win day like mark grant says
2: yeah exactly and devin at lever of shrimp says the starting rotation is almost as bad as (laughs) Celia. i was looking at that right now (laughs) if you only knew pal um that's the thing i think that i dude the way that the rotation is set up it is awful it is like last year when lamette would take them out you're like okay like we have a chance just like you said and for that guy this year who's that guy this year it's clayton richard no, it's by not. default, it has <laughs> by to be. default, by default, it has to be like you have might to be Tyson throw... Ross. It could be Tyson Ross too. He actually looked halfway decent today. We're kind of had... yeah, as we're watching the game, he looked pretty good. He kind of looked like his old self. not 100%, throw as hard. Yeah, but no, maybe a, yeah, a shell of his old self, but not that bad of a shell. So I'm I'm kind of I'm excited to see what he's going to do if he's going to be able to hold up. But the thing is also about this rotation is you have to remember there's not really like. There's not really reinforcements on the horizon, you know. what I mean, it's not like the Quantrals of the world are going to come up this year. I mean, maybe he does, but he can be. Lauer will
1: come up. No, he's not. He would be if he comes up. He's probably going to be a September call-up, and he's going to be coming out of the
2: bullpen. And you got to remember that these guys, when they come up, they're going to be nervous as shit, just like Lucchese was. Yeah. So it's going to, and they're going to take their lumps. You know, it's it's gonna there's going to be some growing pains with these guys. You know, They're not I, just going to come in and dominate.
1: Yeah, and the other thing you have to think about, too, um, is that it's a complete, like,
2: you think, oh, you know, he pitched well in AAA,
1: you know, it's the majors, the next level up. I want to point out something. I there's a pitcher he used to pitch for the Yankees and the Pirates. His name was uh, Jeff Karstens. He was uh, a yeah. – uh, The went pride to, of Mount Miguel High School. Yeah, he High went School. to Mount Miguel. You know, so, he, you know, he would come uh, talk to the, us, uh, the varsity team,
2: when a very tough. esteemed career for Jeff Carson's, which landed him behind the plate catching our pal Andy Mazzone in the Mount McGill alumni game. <laughs> it's Sorry, further, go ahead. It's further than either of us, guys. What a fall from grace. Go yes. ahead.
1: Well, nonetheless, <laughs> but he, he mentioned something that's always kind of stuck with me when we would talk to him about it. And he said, you know, when I was in the minor leagues, you know, for the Yankees, you know, I, I'd be pitching against guys and I could throw like a slider or an off-speed pitch and I can get them to chase or I can fool them. You know, at the major league level, I'd throw a pitch and I'd think, oh man, that felt good. That was, you know, that, that felt real good out the hand. And they would just spit on it. They would just spit on it. They'd just look at it and like and let it go by like it was nothing. So it's a completely different level. So for guys like Lucchese, he could probably throw the same exact start, same pitch sequence, and probably pitch really well in double A AA or triple A with that same sequence. Up here, not so much. Same thing with Brian Mitchell. He could probably mow guys down with what he was throwing on uh what did he throw
2: last night? Yeah.
1: Major league? Nope. They just, they just spin on it. It's a completely different game, and the parties don't have anybody that looks like more than a five-starter right now.
2: Well, I think they will in June when Jake Peavy signs, but that's neither here nor there. Jake
1: Peavy. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to m- say what I want to say. I'll upset you, and you'll throw me out. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, anyways, guys, uh, I think that'll about wrap it up. For... No, there was
1: one more. There was one more I wanted to go over. Uh,
2: Which one was old, that? Good uh, old
1: Luke at uh, Luke Oh, Kelly. I'm sorry, Luke. Yeah, loving Asuahe, Galvis, and Haas so far. Edley's gotta go. Staff blows, looking at 5-25, the first 30 games. So hashtag tank season. That's S-Z-N. Going to plan perfectly. I think that over-under we had with Ryan Barkley, over-under 14 wins. Yep. And uh, if he got over, he took the over to get a free spot.
2: Yeah. Uh, a free
1: pro, a free plug. I'm pretty sure we're gonna win that bet.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that you will never hear Danny and I say, hey, uh, you have some problem with some. Weeds yeah. in your yard. Yeah, number one, that I'm Mexican. I can mow my own lawn, thank you. <laughs> and number two, I don't see... I call th- bullshit there, by the way. I can mow my own
1: lawn. Okay. And number two, I don't think this team's going to win that many games. I just don't see it. Yeah, hard time,
2: hard time seeing it. They are five to three as we speak, as we watch this game. Yeah, uh, AJ Ellis is hitting. Yeah, they are. So we shall see about that, guys. Well, Let's I, go bullpen. I, I think that'll wrap it up for now. We appreciate you guys checking in. Until next week, um, we'll see you later. Uh, we're out of here. Hey, you know what? Leisure fire, leave my wife alone. We're out of here. <laughs> <We're outta> here. <laughs>